Let's talk about the mass shooting in New York, in Brooklyn, New York. Um, the Soviet Socialist Republic of Santa Monica is losing their mail service because of their stupid policies. And is there really is there a line between you being a you being fat or others being fat phobic? Let's discuss it. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I am excited, folks. I am pumped. I am pumped. I'll tell you why. So Josie and I, for Easter, are going to go visit her brother in Mexico. And we're just going to be gone for the weekend. I think we're going to leave Friday Friday night, Friday afternoon, uh, and get there uh, sometime in the, af- in, in the evening. Uh, it's only about a, it's about a six hour drive, five hour drive. It, it, it kind of a crappy drive, but we're going to get there, but that's not what I'm excited about. Now, honestly, where her brother lives, I won't say where he lives, but where he lives sucks. It is a crappy place. Okay. It's a really crappy place. So there's nothing to do. No theaters, no shopping. It's hotter than all hell. But, uh, what, her brother does have he owns a house and one of the rooms is haunted so i got i gathered all my haunting paraphernalia i gathered my emf reader i gathered my infrared uh detection i gathered my um voice recorder i have my two gopro cameras and my one three-dimensional camera my is uh 360 i've got all my stands set up I've got two battery packs, and I am ready to ghost hunt. They made a bet with me that basically said, hey, you can't stay in this room a night. You will get out of that room after a night. There have been several people, including Josie's ex-husband, who cannot be, who is not liked by anybody in, the fam- in her family, that said there has nobody that stayed in that room and was comfortable enough to continue to be in that room. Guess what? I take the challenge. I take the challenge. And I already know, I, I'm already going to test things. Now, this is an older house. It's not exactly built well. So that's why I'm bringing the EMF reader. And actually, an EMF reader is what I used when laying cable when I was in IT. Uh, so I actually have a reason for that. But I have everything set up. And I will tell you what, it will be on Rumble. When I get it done, all of my recordings will be on Rumble. I need to figure out the GoPros to see how long they can last, but it doesn't matter. I've got batteries up to yin yang, and I do have portable bat- portable solar batteries, so I'll be able to, to last for a while. Also, if you really... Remember last week I went on a rant and I said I was going to upload a video for the abortion story that I went through last week. Well, it's uploaded. Pictures and all. So I just want to warn you about that. You should go take a look at it. Just type in, uh, just search for Dumbasses Talking Politics, one word, in Rumble, and it will come up. It has not, that I see, I'm going to take a look now, I don't think it's been banned, which is really something, because the last I checked, um... (laughs) Yeah, no, it has not been banned, so it, it's it's still there, and that's awesome. And, and Rumble is more of a con. It, 
it is more of a conservative site. It is more of a conservative site. It looks like somebody's already looked at it, so we're we're already there. I haven't really, I haven't really pushed it yet. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So, okay. So let's get to the story. First, we need to talk about. I I would want to call it a tragedy in Brooklyn, but to be honest with you, it's almost like a small miracle. So I'll tell you why I think this is a minor miracle. Uh, yes, people got hurt. Couple five, I think, are uh, uh, critical or serious or critical, but they expect everyone to live. And my God, this could have been so far so worse. Okay, so let's let's talk about what happened. So on a subway in Brooklyn, New York, a man put on a gas mask in one of the trains. He put on a gas mask, pulled out two smoke, uh, pulled out a smoke canister, and ignited the canister creating smoke within the within the train car a witness heard him say oops my bad as he picked up as he drops an axe on the floor turns out this guy had a gun a nine millimeter glock three extended magazines which means he actually ha- held more ammo which i think is illegal in new york though he's carrying the gun which is illegal Turns out he had mental problems, which means carrying the gun would be illegal. Uh, I, everything is illegal in New York with gun with with guns. You, they have their heaviest gun control city in the, in the country. He also had a canister of gasoline. So the guy gets up, he starts firing, fired thirty shots. He shot ten people. Apparently, he he uh, there were. 19 others who were injured in the, uh, somewhere between 14 and 19. I heard 14, I've also heard 19, but somewhere between 14 and 19 others were injured. This includes a kid, this includes a pregnant woman. And here's where the miracle comes into play. The gun jammed. And the gunman just ran out of the train. Nobody killed. Which I think is a miracle. So the man jumps out of out of the subway station and runs to a U-Haul that he rented in Philadelphia. He drives about 10 miles or about a half a half a hour from the scene and abandons the vehicle. The police find the vehicle and identify the person of interest. They haven't called him a suspect yet, but they find him they call him a person of interest, Frank R. James. Now that was yesterday. Today, this morning, they called him a suspect. So he was no longer just a person of interest. That's a good thing because that typically means that he prob- they probably have enough evidence to convict him. And hearing some of the updates today, it sounds like they do have enough evidence because they're throwing the book at him. They're going right after him. Now the police gave a description of this, and this is what I, I find interesting. So they described him as a man Five foot five, very heavy, and with a dark complexion. Hmm. Do you see a problem with that description? Well, we'll get to that. So, of course, Twitter, right off the bat, I mean, not even an hour after this guy was arrested, they go off and they start screaming with what you figured they'd be screaming with. And by the way, the media was no better. The media refused to describe this guy. And we find out a little later why they refused to describe this guy. So here, here's one from Abu Mathur, who is a journalist, 
quote, this wasn't a classic, this wasn't classic terrorism, end quote, is white people speak for the perp wasn't brown. Okay, interesting. Mind you, no one knows what this guy looks like at this point. No one knows who this guy is. Here's another one. This is from Agnivo Noyogi. Uh, he looks like he is Thai. He's also a journalist. Not an act of terrorism equals probably a white man was involved. Okay, interesting. No pictures released, no description of the guy released. I mean, the description they've given, well, first off, they described him dark-skinned. That typically would point to, make you assume that he's a person of color, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference to these people. Sarah LaBeouf, who I think is an actress, it's only, terror, it's only terrorism if it's from the Middle East. Otherwise, it's just sparkling white male rage. Okay, there we go. And finally, this is from Tahmina Kajuzi. He's a blue check of some sort. I didn't even bother looking at her it, her profile. Classic terrorism versus white male supremacist violence. Okay, and by the way, the media didn't really talk about this too much. They didn't give the description. But they didn't talk about this much, and the reason they didn't talk about it much is, here's the guy. So, James is, James is described as a male, this is how the media described him, a male, 5 foot 5 tall, dark complexion, heavy, and he's in his 50s or 60s. Mind you, authorities at this point actually had a picture of this guy. And you know the media had the picture. Now, do you notice something that's missing? Yep, his race. The leftist media decide, decided to keep this that little detail out of the conversation, even when James' picture was released to the public. Term, turns out, James was black. And he had some really wild opinions, which we'll get to in a few minutes. Um, now there are lots of things that, the, that this guy, this guy had some major issues. First, he had a, he had major mental health issues. In a second, I'm going, you're going to hear this guy and he's, he's really out there and I'm not going to play. I have like three videos on dumbassestalkingpolitics.com If you want to watch him, he's definitely insane, but this is the narrative that the media is going to run with until they bury this story. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, this story will be dead within a couple of days if it isn't already dead. Now, CNN is still talking about it. I watched them today. But the reason they're talking about it is because the guy was just captured. Um, and they're going to highlight his mental health issue until it's over. Now, this is important. This is important. He bought a gun from in 2011 from a pawn shop. Now, he'd already been treated for mental illness. The question is, if he lied on his forms to get that gun, that basically means you can't yell gun control here. Nothing could have been changed. The guy lied on his forms. And he obviously, there was a background check. And the background check would have said that he had a mental illness because this guy was being treated for it. And Dare throws your entire gun control argument, which, by the way, no one's arguing right now. They did in the beginning, and then they stopped. 
And the reason is because this was going to happen. This guy is a criminal. He's got a, a huge criminal history. And the reality is he shouldn't have had a gun. I mean, he's a convicted felon and he's got mental health problems. He should have never been able to buy a gun, but the government cleared him in his background check. So it tells you what, what does that tell you? Gun control meant nothing. And by the way, New York is the heavily, is the heaviest gun control state in the country. Gun control had nothing to do with this. But there's the second part, second problem that this guy had that really is the reason why the media will try and make this story disappear. And I have a little audio clip for you. Now, there is cussing here. There is cussing here. I'm sorry for that. But just to give you an idea of what this guy's about, let's listen to that clip. And I tell the American Negro this, I keep telling you the same thing. White people and black people, as we call ourselves, should not have any contact with each other. You still refuse to understand this. You want to make up some fucking story about some Jesus and the Bible said dumb shit. They don't see it that way. They hate your fucking guts. And why do they hate your guts? Because they know that your rightful place is as a fucking slave in this country. They know that. You're the only one that doesn't realize that. And now you want to be equal to them by force. They didn't choose to elect. They didn't elect to make you equal. You had to force them to make you an equal. And now they're just getting more angry and more angry. The anger is building, building up. And it, nothing can happen here differently than what happened over in Europe with the Jews. I want you to believe that that's possible. I want you to delude yourself and tell yourself this fucking punk ass bullshit about that could never happen here. That could never happen here. Those are famous fucking last words. That could never happen here. Yes, the fucking could, and it will. This is the very definition of racism. This guy is a racist. He's a segregationist. He's a black supremacist. He thinks that black people have the uh, moral authority over white people because of the past. Okay? The He is all over social media. This wasn't the only clip. I, I've got three clips on Dumbasses Talk of Politics. There's another clip where Kentenji... Uh, Jackson Brown, he's yelling about her being married to a white man. There's another video he released. He took these videos. There's another video that he released where he's walking down the streets of New York, screaming and yelling at anybody who's not black and cussing them out. This is insane stuff. Now, yes, he's insane. There, I don't think there's. A, I don't think anyone's going to doubt he's insane, and I would not be sh shocked at all if he actually claims insanity in his defense. Now, I mean, he's looking at, right now, the the prosecutor in New York is looking at throwing a book at him. There are federal crimes here because they believe he crossed state lines with that gun, which he did. Um, there's talks of hate crimes, which I, I'd be shocked if they did not throw hate crimes in there. There, there is talk of, um, uh, again, 29 counts of attempted murder. So, uh, 
carrying with the gas canister carrying a um, weapon of mass destruction he's looking at he's looking at really bad things but i think now we need to start having a conversation not about white supremacy which is really not a thing white supremacy is not out there it's been condemned it's been condemned for years it's not like we have white supremacists running around we really don't we need to talk about black supremacy because this type of terrorism is coming out you, the Waukesha ma- massacre was by a black supremacist. The attempted assassination of a candidate in Minnesota, a mayoral candidate in Minnesota, that was a black supremacist that did that. And of course, we've got a bunch of attacks and assaults by the he- black Hebrew Israelites, which is a black supremacist group. But the media doesn't want to talk about any of this. They just want to talk about white supremacy. But the only thing they can point out with white supremacy was the um, was the uh, Charleston incident back in 2015, where a white supremacist ran over a woman with a car. That's the only one they name, and they still bring it up. Meanwhile, in the last year, we've had four or five black supremacist attacks. This is the problem. The media continues to demonize white people and now people are beginning to kill white people. And in this case, this guy didn't like Asians either. He didn't like Asians. He didn't like Mexicans. He only, and if you watch one of the videos that I have on the website, um, he makes that very clear. He hates everybody except black people. And apparently it's not all black. It's not, it's not all black people that he loves. Contenji Jackson Brown, he doesn't love anymore because she's married to a white guy. And I'm sure she's not. he's not going to love Thomas Sowell or Candace Owens either because they're conservatives. It's time to stop ignoring this problem because it's going to become a bigger problem. There is such thing as blacks being racist. And it needs to be handled. We need to stop blaming guns for this type of violence. It's like I don't blame guns for terrorism. I'm not going to blame, blame gum, guns for uh, black supremacists, black supremacy. And I'm not going to blame guns for white supremacy. If there's white supremacy, those guys are just as bad. Okay. Anyway, on a lighter note, one of the most liberal cities in Southern California is getting what they deserve as far as I'm concerned. I used to live there. I know this city. I intimately know this city. It is, it is basically south. It is basically uh, San Francisco, in Southern California. Okay, according to the Daily Wire, Santa Monica Postmaster Marjorie Watson sent a letter to residents at thir- at the thirteen hundred block of Fourteenth Street in Santa Monica after several mail carriers were assaulted by an unknown individual. Okay, so the New York Post released uh, a screenshot of this or a picture of this or of this letter, and this is what it said: "Quote: This letter is to bro- provide you notice that delivery service is hereby suspended to all addresses located on on the 1300 block of 14th Street in Santa Monica, uh, 14th Street, Santa Monica." This is unfortunate, but please be advised that the postal service has not entered enter into decisions to suspend service lightly. Multiple carriers have been subjected to assaults and threats of assault 
from an individual who has not been located or apprehended. The safety of our employees and of the mail they deliver to you is of our highest concern. Until we can ensure the both safety, the safety of both delivery services, uh, until we can uh, ensure the safety of both, delivery services will remain suspended. The actions here comes from one publicized incident, mind you, one, where a woman attacked a mail carrier with a broomstick. That's the incident they're talking about. No one's really sure if there were more. Okay. The Santa Monica Police Department said they don't know anything about it. They A, a uh, report was never put in. They don't have any reports about mail carriers getting assaulted. So they're not exactly sure what the Postal Service in Santa Monica is talking about. And But here's the thing. The Postal Service, I, I'm not 100% surprised that the Postal Service doesn't... doesn't uh, put in police reports. I mean, there are lots of reasons why they wouldn't. Um, it could be for political reasons, because the Postal Service is the federal government, and we, as we know, hey, even the military has political things to hang out on. Maybe the gal who's attacking them is black or Hispanic, a person of color, and they just don't want to deal with it. That's political. It could be the post office doesn't want the bad press. They're already having a, a ton of problems. I mean, these guys haven't made a profit in probably 40 years. Uh, it could be because of the civil lawsuits. They're actually covering up. They don't want, they say, well, yeah, he maybe he was assaulted, but there's no police report. It could be something like that. It could be for union reasons. You know, the unions say, well, Santa Monica is more dangerous, so you have to pay the, you have to pay the mail carriers more. It could be for an, any number of reasons why no one why they are not actually doing this. But to go to the extent not to deliver mail tells me that this is probably more than one event and it's probably more than one person. So it, it, it's interesting to see how long that's going to last. But the bigger point here is Santa Monica, when I, when I said the, this, the Soviet Socialist Republic of Santa Monica, that was a really clever term, but that's not a term I made up. That's what people call it in Santa Monica. It is such a far left, it's a socialist city, communist city. Taxes are high, rent control. I mean, it, it is a terrible city. Now, I, I know Santa Monica and I know 14th Street. 14th Street isn't, terrible now i do know there's a park there where they have homeless people all over the place i used to i used to go to school in santa monica on 7th street in lincoln 14th street's about uh, is maybe a quarter of a mile from where i went and it doesn't go it doesn't stretch all the way through now it does and it goes through pretty good neighborhoods so i'm i'm really kind of thinking to myself where is this thing but it does show you when, when you condemn your police, when you don't prosecute criminals, when you don't arrest criminals, when there's no police presence, this is what you're going to end up with. So congratulations to the Santa Monica City Council and the City of Santa Monica. And anyone who lives in Santa Monica, you get what you deserve. Okay, here's something else. This is another story. I'm glad I got some time to actually read this. This isn't really a story, it's more like commentary. 
And the reason this this commentary bothers me is that I used to be really heavy. I used to be fat. Let's call it what it is. And I busted my chops to lose weight. And I lost something like 50 pounds. Now, over the years since I lost the weight, I gained it back. And now I consider myself heavy or fat. And so I started working out to lose the weight. And I am losing the weight. And we've entered a society now where problems with the body is now considered a problem with the people who see me as fat, not with me being fat. So there's an article in the news site, The Enquirer, and I not the Enquirer like the, the tabloid. This is actually a left-wing newspaper left-wing news site. And the article is called To End Fat Phobia, We Need to Dismantle Western Civilization, says Philly Therapist. Um, probably by a fat person and the therapist who is named Sana Lee Rashatwar is fat. So, uh, again, and by the way, I thought this was hysterical. I needed to read this simply because the title itself is just insane. Um, now, granted, fat phobia is not something people really are embracing. Um, it's not like tran- the trans thing or CRT. But this crap is being pushed in schools. I remember seeing a gal running up a hill. And I said, keep on chugging. And I was actually being positive because I, 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 I feel for people who have to go through this crap. And, and I love to see them working to, to get better. And one of Josie's kids sat back and said, that's fat phobic. And I looked at her, I go, first off, that's not really, I wasn't insulting her. And second off, um, there's no such thing as fat phobia. And here's why. And she just kept arguing, just like people do. So So I skipped the first three paragraphs of the introduction. So what this ended up being is an interview with this this gal named Sonali Rush Atwar. So there was the introduction before they started the interview, and then she goes into the different areas of fat phobia, and we'll go into that. First thing is the first three paragraphs were about her life, which basically um, she had been in an abusive relationship. She had been abused by her boyfriend, husband, whatever it was, and she decided to start counseling abused women. That's all great. I think that's fantastic. Then she goes to the dark side. And mind you, that's what the first three paragraphs, this is the fourth paragraph. Then she says, then the the writer says this, as the fat positivity movement has gained momentum, so too have the debates around fat folks should, around how fat folks should lead healthy lives. Rasha Watwar, though, considers how sizeism is affected by racism, misogyny, classism, homophobia, transphobia, and ableism. And she counsels people against international weight, intentional weight loss. So she's actually, this gal is actually saying you shouldn't lose weight. All right. Here are some things. First off, this is terrible writing. You don't go over this gal's life and then suddenly go make a U-turn into the, this is just terrible writing. So obviously the inquirer, the inquirer is not exactly one of those news sources that a lot of people take serious. Um, she also talks about sizeism as if it were the same as racism. 
Sizeism is not a thing. It, it's not a thing. So I, I don't know what it what it is. And by the way, it's a big thing, and we'll get into this later. Doctors are considered sizes because they simply tell fat people lose some weight. Um, and she's got to be an absolutely crappy therapist to tell people not to lose weight. I I I don't understand how you could say that. So the, the um so the article continues. She pointed to the work of artist activist Ashley Shackelford, who has written that wearing clothes from the boys section growing up, when many times for girls clothes didn't fit. There's more another mistake. I didn't misread that. That's exactly how it is. Altered altered how Shackelford Shackelford experienced gender. Rasha Watar, who noted that people who may perceive feminine bodies as more masculine if they're fat, feels similarly about her upbringing. Being big and being the eldest child, she said, made her feel less like a girl growing up. Okay, so basically, she was insecure growing up because she was heavy. All right? Uh, okay, that's normal. Guess what? Skinny people are insecure growing up about their bodies. It's the same blessed thing. There's no difference. We also learned that she has identity issues by the fact that she might be a boy. Well, she's non-binary. That's what she says. She's got pronouns and everything. So she's already got confusion when it comes to that. But the main point that that is being pushed here, that it is not about how a person is physically and any of the consequences of being physically the way you are, it's about how one feels. doesn't matter that you're obese, you know, 40% over body weight. It's that, how do you feel about that? Now, what's really scary, and she does talk about this, is that she is a, has a huge Instagram following, and she's actually recommending things. That's dangerous. And by the way, this this whole trans debate that we hear about, that's where it's coming from. YouTube, Instagram, um, um, uh, Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. And that's where our kids are picking up. They don't want to listen to authority. Because kids don't like authority. They've never liked authority. Okay, so continuing... Rashatoire traces contemporary fat phobia to colonial brutality and how enslaved people were treated, citing researcher advocate Caleb Luna. Rashatoire said curing anti-fatness would mean dismantling society's foundation. Quote, I love to talk about undoing Western civilization because it's just so romantic to me. Does this sound like a woman who's concerned about your physical well-being? Or does it sound like somebody who's just some nutty, leftist, anti-American activist? And is this someone who you really want talking to your kids on social media? Okay, so she goes through several areas. I'm not going to cover them all simply because I'm out of time. But the first one is she talks about trauma. All right? Quote, what some think is trauma is like the event itself that happened. Like a car accident that I got into the, is the trauma. But that's the event. What trauma is, is what gets stuck in my body. And why 
that I react when I'm in a car car in the future and it stops really quickly. That's a trauma response. So, by the way, that's not really a trauma. That's PTSD. So, okay. Anyway, continuing. And so when I we internalize fat phobia and we really like personalize a fat traumatic experience, it can impact our sexuality by making it uncomfortable to receive a, hu- a hug because we feel like, quote, this person hugging me is probably so repulsed by touching my body. Let's just get the hug over with quickly. Sounds like she's got some problems, right? Even though sometimes we're starved for skin touch, some of the fat some of the fat clients that I work with, the only time when people touch their bodies is when they pay for a massage or when they're paying for Reiki for Reiki or some kind of somanic body work. I don't know what that is. And that can feel And that can feel devastating when that's the only time that someone affectionately, lovingly, or caringly touches your body. Okay, being heavy is not traumatic. Now, I know she's talking about the perception of others is the trauma, but again, the perception, perception is not subjection. Perception is not reality. I know in every HR department in the country, they talk about perception is reality. It's not. So I see heavy people all the time. I don't necessarily think about it because they're heavy. They're because they're heavy. I don't usually think about it. But because she assumes that I'm thinking something, then it must be true. And I'm just saying, no, it's not. And being emotionally hurt because someone does react doesn't make it that you are... um, has suffered trauma and have PTSD. This woman sounds extremely damaged. And by the way, if you think that people are repulsed by your your weight, here's something wild and crazy. Go to a gym. Go for a walk. Lose some weight. That's not what this woman wants. Okay, here's something. Here's the next one. Self-work worth and sexual interactions. By the way, I'm, I'm going to read most of this. So I'm probably going to go at 45 minutes. I'm just going to cut it off. But so this is what she says. When we teach someone to experience shame based on your body, whether it's about race, body size, disability, and we internalize that shame, we internalize this sense of our body having less, less self-worth than other bodies. First off, um, race, disability, and body size, they're not the same thing. Your race, you can't do anything about. Your disability, you can't do anything about. Your body size, you can't. You can't make the comparison. That's a bad comparison. Continuing. When we internalize a low self-worth and our body having less value, we might be less likely to experience pleasure within a sexual relationship or to ask for the type of touch we want and don't want within the romantic relationship. By the way, sexual pleasure... ED, for example, erectile dysfunction. One of the most common reasons for that is depression, uh, it's stress, things like that. And one of the first things a doctor will tell you, um, go, go for a walk, go get some exercise so that you can blow off some steam. And usually when you blow off that steam, you'll then lose weight. And, and it's a very common, most doctors, real doctors, do not want you to go on drugs. 
They want you to fix your problem yourself. But this is considered fatphobia. Okay, or to be able even to stop a sexual encounter when we wanted to stop. Okay, so now she is comparing being fat to being raped. So a guy is having sex with a, a fat woman. Okay, and I'm going to use the term fat because I, I find this article disgusting. She Because she's fat, she doesn't feel she can tell someone to stop doing what he or she, because she's non-binary, I don't know who she's sleeping with, She to stop doing what they're doing? Is that his fault? Or is that her fault? But the point is, she is comparing it to rape. Okay, so that's one. And then on this being an Instagram therapist, she says, quote, it's overwhelming sometimes because with so many followers on Instagram, it feels like there's pressure to reduce content all the time. I, and I feel like I need to be putting out something new and super profound. I'm Trust me, I don't think there's anything profound this gal is putting out. Telling a fat person not to exercise is not profound. It's just stupid. Like, no one's ever heard of this concept every day. But I don't do that. God, this gal can't talk. I, every day, I, that, what I, like, no one's ever heard of this concept, comma, every day. What? What? Anyway, continuing, but I don't do that because that's so overwhelming. A lot of folks will reach out into my DMs and really ask me personal questions. It's also really gratifying. So when I post really, really political and radical content where I'm talking about, like, being anti-cop, anti-government, anti-military folks are like, whoa! By the way, yeah, that's how she wrote it. Anti-military folks are like, whoa, I've never heard of these concepts before. Now, the, the reason I threw this in here and I actually talked about it is because this is the reason to get your kids off of social media. It's these people that our kids are listening to. Now, what I'm shocked is these kids are being taught this in schools now. So I'm kind of curious as how these kids never knew about any of this. But this woman is just a leftist, a pure, radical, activist leftist. And being fat is not part of her problem. Then she gets into something that I really was going to push, and that's pushing for better health access. Quote, an almost universal, collect, uh, universal collective fat trauma exper traumatic experience is like going to the doctor. And how BMI and, body, and the body mass index scale is used universally to categorize and pathologize bodies based on fatness. That's not necessarily true. I'll get to that in a second. One really important macro way that we would have to undo fat phobia would be to finally rid, get rid of the BMI. Oh my God. To not use it for insurance purposes. Because people who are of my BMI category and are, are and up and are denied insurance coverage are denied life-saving procedures and medication, are denied gender affirmation, <laughs> are denied gender affirmation surgery, are denied all kinds of things that we deserve access to, fertility treatments, or IVF. By the way, do you want this gal being having kids? IVF? This broad should not have any business with in vitro fertilization. That's one really big macro way that I could think of because the BMI 
has already been debunked. Okay, a few things. Uh, this is something, this is a common argument. Uh, doctors are not there to help you through your physical problems. They are, what did they call them? Fat phobic. They are fat phobic. Uh, I, I got to look it up now because it's going to drive me crazy. They are fat phobic seismists. That's what they're called. Okay. Well, here's the problem. Obesity does have some major health uh, consequences, including heart disease, diabetes, blood pressure, stroke, gallbladder disease, joint pro- problems such as osteoarthritis and muscular skeletal discomfort in the hips and the back and the knees, breathing problems such as asthma and sleep apnea. Heck, you know, it was considered a comorbidity for COVID-19, COVID-19 or the China virus. By the way, everything I'm talking about is from the CDC. Doctors are being made villains for calling out obesity. Do you know how I lost weight? My doctor said my cholesterol, which is another problem with obesity, my cholesterol is way too high. I needed to lose weight. That's what he told me. And I could end up with a heart attack or a stroke. So what I do, I lost weight. Telling people their health problems is not prejudice or isms, falls into isms. It's about doing their job. By the way, BMI is still also valid. It's not been debunked. The CDC, the Mayo Clinic, Johns Hopkins, they WebMD, they all use BMI still, where it is not it is not the sole reading that they use to determine obesity or anything like that, but it is a major one. It's still being used. The CDC, in the same article I just quoted here, same article I just referenced here, and you can see it at Dumbass Talking Politics, mentions BMI, healthy BMI. The article actually had a link to a an article that debunked BMI. It wasn't from WebMD, mind you. It wasn't from the Mayo Clinic. It wasn't from Johns Hopkins. It was from a leftist website called 538.com. Hey, you wanna you wanna demonize you wanna make BMI the evil measurement of health? You do that. I will not do that. Heck, Josie, when she goes to the uh, when she goes to the gym, they measure her BMI once a week. It's done over a scale, but they measure her BMI once a week among 50 other things they measure. So this is not true. And then finally, let's get to this part. Um, It's the fat word, fat. Quote, I always respected the language that people want to use. Even when I'm working with a client, I'll ask. See, she writes so, she speaks so badly. I can't even, even when I'm working with a client, I'll ask. That's what she said. I'll say, I'm comfortable with using the word fat, but if there's another word that you'd like to use, I'd be more happy to use that. And sometimes I have clients willing to use words like fluffy or curvy or even plus size. And that's fine. I'm happy to use different language. But I will challenge and I will ask, what is it? Where are like the genetic memories attached to the charge of this word? Because the word itself doesn't have to be emotionally charged. Hey, here's a newsflash. Um, fat is not emotionally charged. 
It's not a sizeism slur. It's it's not like using the N word. But I so let's just cut. But she then she finishes. But there's stuff there that we should explore together. Now here's the thing. I actually agree with her. Uh, when I refer to myself, I'll say I'm fat. I will tell you right now. I think I'm fat. I'm not. I've actually lost a lot of weight. But I still think I, I've got I'm I've got too much fluff. I would never use fat to refer to somebody else. Even if I'm talking behind this guy's back, I would never call him fat. I usually use the term heavy or big. I Fluffy, I think, is a derogatory term. I would never use that. So I, I don't necessarily mind that. That kind of makes sense. But I'm not going to sit back and, and search or ask permission to use a specific word, especially when I'm talking to that individual and they're asking me my opinion. Now, here is another example of the left ignoring science and reality for their own inner harmony. Or, like I, like I like to call them, narcissists. They're narcissism. I'll go a step for, further. This woman doesn't like obese people. Why? If she did, she'd want them to get healthier. Now, the big argument is going to be, well, what about people that can't lose weight? And yes, there are people that can't lose weight, but here's a newsflash. You can still get healthy and be heavy. I know a lot of people who are extremely healthy, extremely in shape, and yet they're big. She doesn't even want them to do that. She wants them to continue living their unhealthy lifestyle, and she encourages obesity, and then they'll end up dying early, but at least her narcissism will be fulfilled. Well, good for her. Okay, sorry I ran a little late, a little long. Um, hope you have a nice day. Visit dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Take a look at what I've written. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.